Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I don't want to talk about Dr. Death. I don't want to talk, talk about Fauci goes full Nazi with immunity cards for all. I'll do it in a minute, but you know, we have a lot of time in our hands. Now, welcome to The Savage Nation. And we have so much time on our hands. And the things that we took for granted, whether it was you going to a restaurant once a week with your family to IHOP or some simple restaurant, think about all the things that we've, eh, you know, it's boring. It's not boring. It's like me and my life, all the stuff that I was blasé about. What I wouldn't give to go to one of my sloppy Chinese joints again. I may never go back, by the way, never. Or the Italian restaurants that I loved, them I'll go back to. Uh, the Basque restaurant, I'll go back. If they're in business, the things that we took for granted. But we have so much time on our hands, don't we, that we're locked up with this uh, government disease mandate. Uh, and Fauci wants us to have uh, immunity cards. I don't think he should really uh, be taken in the wrong way on that. I don't think he's got an, a thing for the Oba Group and Fuhrer. Uh, in within, I, I don't think Oba Group and Fuhrer Hair Doctor Fauci really wants us to tattoo whether we have antibodies or not to COVID on our head, but we can't tell yet. I've watched this weasel for forty years. I never liked him during the AIDS epidemic. I don't know how this weasel has survived forty years in the NIMH or the NIH rather. How has the weasel been in this government for forty years? He is the swamp. You know, Trump was going to clean up the swamp. This man is the swamp. He's the snake in chief. But I'm going to talk about him in a little more, uh, let's say a little more sedate way as time goes on. I can't do it all at once. But the things that we miss, the things that we miss, many of you are smoking more weed than ever. I've warned you for years. Even occasional use raises risk of COVID-19 complications. And you said, oh, Savage, what do you know? 
Well, I know a lot, especially about phytochemistry, especially about smoke gets in your lungs. We know a song, smoke gets in your eyes, but you jerks don't know that when smoke gets in your lungs, even on an occasional use basis, what you're doing is opening yourself up to uh, a greater risk for this disease. Why do you want to add a burden to your life like this? Smoking cigarettes. You know you don't smoke cigarettes. But what about smoking occasionally? Dr. Mitchell Glass, a pulmonologist and spokesperson for the American Lung Association, says the last thing you want to do during a pandemic is to make it more difficult for a doctor to diagnose your symptoms. You want to get airway inflammation from your uh, antibiotics? I mean, from, from your marijuana, rather? Don't you understand common sense would dictate you give up your dope right now? So you say, ah, you don't really have to do it. You can take it in another way, ingestible form. You want to wreck your mind. You don't need a clear head anyway. You never did during your life. But more Americans are using weed now than ever before because you've been lied to. You've been lied to by the pot peddlers, by the drug dealers. And I'm not going to change your minds. Many of you smoke it thinking that you don't have a marijuana use disorder, but you do. It is a problem in your lives. And I can prove it's a problem in your lives because you can't kick it. You tell me you can get off marijuana if you wanted to. You can't because it's one of the most addictive drugs. The National Institutes of Health says it attacks the lungs. It causes uh, a serious threat to those who smoke tobacco or marijuana who vape. We know that. We know what it does. Are you aware that marijuana is, in essence, an underlying health condition? No, because you've been told it's an herb and it's natural. Well, tobacco is also natural. Curare is also natural. I can name other natural substances that can kill you in the, um, in the smallest dose. Well, what can I tell you? If you're a regular smoker of marijuana, why don't you just quit? Why don't you just knock it off? Isn't it common sense that anything you inhale that has been combusted and contains particles or chemicals will inflame your airways? Aren't you understanding that you're already making your body work hard to fight off foreign particles? with the marijuana debris that's lingering in your lungs? No. Well, I've said all I'm going to say on it. Don't call me on it because I made my point and that's all I want to do. I want you to go to michaelsavage.com to stay in touch with me today, now, and in the future. It's the one-stop place in the future for you to find me, michaelsavage.com. So be sure to visit michaelsavage.com and bookmark michaelsavage.com both to read the stories that I find of interest that often wind up on this program and uh, to visit me in the future. That will always be the, the landing place for, for me, michaelsavage.com. Whatever I may do, whenever I may do it, um, you'll find me there. You'll find me there. You'll find me there. So today we're going to talk about how um, countries are now lifting the lockdown. We have two great guests. The first one will be on at the 30-minute mark of this hour. You may remember him. I had him on in January of 2019 when I talked about the dangers of marijuana. He's a former New York Times reporter, Alex Berenson. Uh, did you guys check the number of downloads? Did you find out how many you are, Jim? How many? Lots? Didn't go back. It was in the high numbers, and it was a great, great, great podcast that we did. But he's challenging the coronavirus narrative, as have I. How long have I been calling for selective quarantines on this program? At least since late February. I have written to governors. I've written to the president through his uh, associates. 
And I said, you can't do this to the nation. This is ridiculous. There are both whole states that are largely immune from this viral epidemic. There are certainly counties within states that are virtually immune from this viral epidemic. And we, not, we, we, we must not listen to this madman, Dr. Virus. He is like a living virus, Fauci. He says the lockdowns will end when the virus tells us to. Well, what does he talk to the virus? And he's a virus whisperer. What is Fauci, a virus whisperer? He talks to the virus at night. No, we don't have to wait for him to tell us what common sense already dictates. And I have sent this plan to governors, by the way. And now we have the reporter from the New York Times, former reporter, Berenson, who will talk about his idea, which is the lockdowns. And, listen, you know, we don't have to have them across the board, like I've been saying. That makes sense, right? Selective, selective, selective quarantines is what I've been calling for. Now, Israel is lifting a lockdown and will have their plan of action. They are lifting it, lifting it, lifting it. They're looking at the data and listen to what they said in Israel. Not all cities are alike. In Jerusalem, the number of confirmed coronavirus patients between Tuesday and Thursday increased by 11 percent. While in B'nai Barak, it spiked by 15%. Now, what's B'nai Barak? There was also a sharp 25 increase of patients in Elad, a 24% increase in Tiberias. In Rishon Lezion, the number of patients rose by 18%. In Modin Elite, the number of confirmed patients increased by 15%. What am I telling you? That the rise and fall of patients in Israel and everywhere else is different in different places. You hear? And so you don't sweepingly close the whole state of California when we know that it's largely confined to Los Angeles and San Francisco and urban centers. You don't punish the people who live in relatively unpopulated areas of California. I guess the governor knows that and he should act on it. He should act on it immediately and he'll move ahead of the pack towards the presidency if he does, if he shows the foresight to lift the quarantine on the counties and areas in the state of California that have almost zero cases of coronavirus. You don't lump everybody in because you're afraid that the people in the big cities will say you're racist because you're not lumping them in with all of the immigrants who are in Los Angeles and San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not allowed to say that, but I'll say it over and over and over again. Isn't it interesting that the largest clusters of cases happen to be in places that are sanctuary cities. Isn't it interesting? Now, of course, you could say, hold on, Savage, not so fast. It's not due to the immigrants, per se. It's due to the overcrowding and the lack of hygiene. And you'd be right. But it's also coincidentally correct that we don't know what percentage of these cases are amongst immigrants, do we? Because they're not allowed to report on it. We don't know what percent of the hospital beds are being taken up by non-citizens with COVID, do we? Because the hospitals are not allowed to ask about immigration status owing to the liberals who run these wonderful states. But then again, getting back to the virus itself. Oh, incidentally, those of you who are into conspiracy theories, we have a real treat for you. You've been asking for him. Hold on, I'm leaning over here. I never have two guests, but I decided to get two great guests. So we got Dr. Mr. Berenson at 30 minutes after this hour. In the next hour, we have Dr. Shiva Ayudare. 
Now, many of you don't know who he is. He's the man designated as the inventor of the email and an MIT graduate. But he is so against the motives and actions of WHO, the CDC, Bill Gates, the Gates Foundation, Big Farmer, Dr. Burks, the scarf lady, and the Chinese government. Dr. Shiva will be with us in the next hour. He's only been on a few shows because he's been uh, so controversial. But remember, he invented the email and polymath. He holds four degrees from MIT, a world-renowned system scientist, inventor, entrepreneur, Fulbright scholar, MIT awards finalist, India's first outstanding scientist, then technologist of Indian origin, Westinghouse science talent, honors award recipient, a nominee for the U.S. National Medal of Technology and Innovation. See, I'm a man who believes in higher degrees and accomplishments and prizes, unlike those of you on Twitter who think that you're equal to those who are your superiors intellectually and in experience and think that because you can tweet six characters, you're equal to the president or even superior because you've learned to be uh, a tweeter. But no, you're not. And really, you ought to listen to people who know more than you do. You should go back to respecting expertise, whether it be in a pharmacy or on a national policy scale. But then again, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I think I should begin this hour. I think I began the hour uh, with a soundbite. Again, bookmark michaelsavage.com to stay in touch with me now and in the future. And visit michaelsavage.com, as many of you do every day, but I want to reemphasize it. This has been my gateway for 20 years. It's going to become more so in the future. And if you want to keep up with me, go to michaelsavage.com, and you'll learn what I am doing, what I'm up to, uh, and how to listen to me. So let's go right now to the story that broke today from the Washington Times, where Fauci says, immunity cards for all. He did it in a couchy way. As all snakes do, he never says exactly what he really means. Uh, fire that soundbite and let's take a break. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of people. Can you imagine a time where Americans carry certificates of immunity? You know, um, that's possible. I mean, it's one of those things that we talk about uh, when we want to make sure that we know who the vulnerable people are and not. Vulnerable. Uh, this is something that's being discussed. I think By it who, might actually be, have some merit under certain circumstances. Thank you, Obergruppenführer Gruppen. Obergruppenführer Fauci, thank you very much for that. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. You know, living with chronic pain is the worst. It's more than a feeling of discomfort. It can affect your whole life. Many of my listeners probably have some type of pain that has prevented them from relaxing and sleeping or stopped them from exercising. Maybe it's been going on for a few weeks now and hasn't improved with any of the treatments you've tried. Enter Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you must try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On, developed by Omax Health. This is a non-prescription triple-action pain relief roll-on formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, improve muscle and joint flexibility. Now, look, the best part is this. This 100% natural CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application and relief lasts up to eight hours much longer than over-the-counter products. Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. Look, this stuff works. I'm a skeptic. I tried it. It works. This discount also applies towards any product, 
site-wide, meaning on their whole site. How do you get it? Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter code SAVAGE. That's O-M-A-X health.com. Use code SAVAGE to get 20% off CryoFreezer and anything on their site. That's omaxhealth.com, code SAVAGE. Are you still not sold? Well, go look at the product reviews. They've got 95% five-star reviews, page after page of customers saying they've tried everything and Omax CryoFreeze is so good, they're now buying it for their whole family and friends too. Try it. Go to OmaxHealth.com. That's O-M-A-X-Health.com. Code SAVAGE to get 20% off CryoFreeze and also get rid of that pain. OmaxHealth.com. Code SAVAGE. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Those kinds of people. Can you imagine a time where Americans carry certificates of immunity? You know, um, th- that's possible. I mean, I, it's one of those things that All we right, talk about. Right so, uh, folks, do you realize how dangerous this man is? Do you understand that Obergruppenfuhrer, Dr. Fauci, is playing around with something that is right out of Nazi Germany or the Soviet Union, that you should carry around a certificate of immunity? So let's see now. This globalist is discussing it with people. He doesn't say who, probably Bill Gates and Dr. Scarf. Are they discussing uh, ID cards for illegal aliens or national ID cards? So no voter ID, but virus ID? This is how the globalists think. So again, I'll ask you, do you agree with Obergruppenfuhrer that it's a good idea to carry around certificates of immunity because I don't. First of all, it's unconstitutional. Secondly, I would join a militia and go to the hills if they did that. The day that Dr. Death convinces President Trump to write an executive order that we should carry around such an identity card, I promise you I would leave my comfortable little life at my age. I would join a militia and retreat to the hills because I wouldn't be living in America anymore. I'd be in DEFCON 1. Because this weasel has been embedded like a boll weevil in the bureaucracies of the NIH for over almost 40 years. He mangled the AIDS epidemic. He destroyed the AIDS epidemic recovery efforts. I had no idea he was still there. Why Trump has held him up and promotes this man to such an extent. The only thing I could think, and I'm going to be as blunt with you as I can, is that when everything falls apart on this, he will be blamed and thrown overboard. There's no other reason to put the weasel out there all the time. You know that the weasel's popularity is now higher than President Trump's? Now, I'm going to ask you, do you really think that President Trump trusts this man that much? Or is there somebody in Trump's inner circle who trusts Dr. Weasel this much? I'll leave it to you. I'll be right back. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Listen, we're in weird times. What if a medical emergency arises? Are you really prepared? Everyone says, oh, it'll never happen to me. But it can when you least expect it. 
In a medical emergency, Air MedCare Network providers can transport you or a family member to the nearest hospital, and if you're a member, you'll see no out-of-pocket costs related to your air flight. That's right. You won't pay a dime when transported by an AMCN provider. You should know health insurance may not cover the full cost of emergency medical transport. And even with comprehensive coverage, you could still get hit with substantial deductibles and co-pays. Pay attention. Sign up for an Air MedCare Network membership. AMCN is the largest air ambulance membership network with more than 3 million members, including me. You heard me right. This costs as little as $85 for your entire household and protects you whether you're at home or traveling. For $85, can you afford not to have this? Right now, as part of The Savage Nation, you'll get up to a $50 gift card when you join AMCN. Please, for the sake of yourself and your family, go to the special website, airmedcarenetwork.com savage, and use code savage. It's simple, airmedcarenetwork.com savage, and then use code SAVAGE. Joining us in a moment or two is Alex Berenson. He's making a lot of headlines right now. They're saying former New York Times reporter uh, challenges the coronavirus narrative. And I looked at it and I said, oh, he's on Fox News. Who? Oh, yeah, I had him on this show in January of 2019 with his book, Tell your children the truth about marijuana, mental illness, and violence. And he was great. We had a wonderful interview. I'm so glad he's back with us again on the on the Savage Nation. Alex Berenson, former New York Times reporter, welcome to the Savage Nation. Michael, it's great to be on with you. And and you know, there's a lot to talk about here. But it's interesting you mentioned the book because, in some ways, the response to the book and the media response to the book prepared me a little bit, I think, for what I've seen in the last three weeks, which is just group. That, that's just devastating. But unfortunately... Well, well, so they're calling you names now? They're saying you're... What are they calling you, a conspiracy theorist? Yeah, a conspiracy theorist, a denialist. None of this stuff is true. We all know the coronavirus is real. We all know it kills people. We all know that, especially if you're old and infirm, you, you can be at serious risk from it. That's not the question. That's not what we're talking about. Right. Well, before we go on, Alex, of course, now, for since late February, I've been calling for selective quarantines. I've been emailing the president's office. I've been emailing governors that we should open up portions of states where there's almost zero uh, of Corona. What do you think? Tell me what your guidelines would be. Well, so so here here's what you have to remember. When when the lockdowns were sort of first thrown out, and remember, in, in February we did nothing, right? I, I you know blame Trump, blame the CDC. I don't care. I'm a registered political independent. We screwed up. We did nothing. Okay, and then, you know, Italy happened, Northern Italy happened, these terrible reports of these, you know, emergency rooms being overrun, and, and, and you know, mid-March, we panicked. Okay, we panicked, and we panicked on the basis of these models that said, basically, the whole healthcare system was going to collapse. Mm. So now, fast forward four weeks. It is now clear that outside New York, not only is the healthcare system not collapsing, hospitals in the United States are emptier. Empty. Empty. They're not doing any other work now. That's right. And they are actually shutting down in some cases. A major hospital in Oklahoma City shut down yesterday. They are furloughing probably nationally. I, I, you know, I wouldn't want to overestimate, but certainly tens, if not hundreds of thousands of workers. Alex, in San Francisco area where I live outside the city, 
in an open suburb where there's almost no crowding. You see women walking around with masks on in the street. They're, yeah. so, pa- they're so panicked they think they could get it from the air. It's, it's, yes, and they think it's going to kill them. And, and again... It's like a miasma. It's like we're going back to, to the age of the miasma causing illness. You're, you're, you're right. Like, like humors are... <laughs> right, bad humors. I stopped some women walking by my house the other day, and I said, ladies, you can't get it from walking in the air. And she was somewhat embarrassed. She said, oh, I wear it because it's so cold now. It keeps my face warm. But it's crazy. It's not. They look like they're dressing up for a moonwalk, most of these people. But, but that, but, okay, but that part's sort of funny. But, you know, if we all wanted to wear masks and drop the lockdown, we'd be in such better shape because the lockdowns are destroying they're destroying the economy. They're destroying yes. society. They're, what I've been really hitting on the last 48 hours, which is unquestionably true, is they're terrible for children. They're terrible. Oh, awful. Locking children up like this. I can't imagine. And, 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 and you don't even, you know, I, look, my kids are, are healthy. If you have a child with special needs, if you have a child with autism, where the routine of the day is everything, your child is in terrible shape right now. I've, uh-huh. I've heard now from... Uh, you know, and this is just asking people to tell their stories today from a dozen or more people today about this. So, so, so we've done. What you, you're saying, special needs kids in particular are being severely affected by the lockdowns? Yeah, because they're not getting they're not they're not getting to go to school. I mean, now now some states have tried to make it possible, but it's very difficult. And they are, you know, and again, children with autism or or you know brain injury, they're, they're children of routine. And they, and they're really- but Alex, look, you did a great book. I agree. You're finding other errors on a state by state basis with regard to total lockdowns. I have said for, for over a month now, maybe five weeks. Why don't we open up regions of New York State outside of New York City where there's almost zero coronavirus in upstate New York? Why don't we open up northern California where there's almost no coronavirus? And there are counties where there's almost zero coronavirus. Why are they doing a one size fits all? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. New York City has, you know, it clearly has trouble, okay? New York City, that you know, the, the hospitals, by the way, the overflow stuff was not, you know, was not really used. But the hospitals were, were heavily taxed, and a lot of people died. But outside New York City, this does not seem to be a problem nationally, and yet the lockdowns are just getting extended. And, and so, again, where we started was we want the healthcare system not to collapse, which okay. is totally understandable. Where we are now seems to be we can never have any cases of this. Well, that's not a standard we have. Right, right. Do- Dr. Virus, who I think has lost his mind, I don't want to go into it with you, but I have very bad misgivings about Dr. Fauci's power madness. Uh, he had a nerve to say today the lockdowns will end when the virus ends. He knows the virus will never end. I mean, that's an insane standard. We didn't listen. HIV in 1985, that was a 100% fatal virus. If you Correct. And we didn't shut down the country. Right. And Fauci, by the way, was in, ensconced in the NIH then. And he bungled the entire HIV epidemic. I know that for a fact. But OK, here he is making one disastrous a statement after another with models from that Dr. Bricks or whatever her name is, who's tied into the, uh, you don't want to go there, into WHO and the Gates Foundation, which are very controversial statements right now. The economy is tanking. In your opinion, could we open portions of states as I believe we should? Yeah, I mean, listen, here's a, here, and I've said this a couple of times, we need some prospectively defined, like today, metrics that we're going to use in the next, let's say, seven days to determine 
what we can reopen. And we don't have to do it all at once. It can be, you know what, the hospitals in this state look completely unstrained. So right now, we are going to reopen workplaces. And then if in, you know, three days or five days, there's no change in cases, we're going to reopen retail. And five days after that, if there's no change, we're going to reopen. Well, if you have any influence over Donald Trump, I hope you tell him to open the local Chinese restaurant because I'm starving for my food. Restaurants, and then, and then the last thing can be big, uh, you know, big sporting events and concerts and stuff like that. But, but here's the other thing: we, one of the problems with doing it this way and pretending everyone is equally at risk, and this was also clearly true of HIV at the beginning, is when you pretend everyone is equally at risk, you don't focus your attention on protecting the people who are. Oh wait, but Fauci refused to invoke any quarantines during the AIDS epidemic because he didn't want to step on the toes of a very vocal uh, community. Well, look, I, you know, I don't think that that was a, that that would have been the right thing to do. But, I'm, but what I'm talking about. Well, that is not right, not the right thing to do here either. That's my point. But what you, but what you can do is you can say, we're going to make sure every nursing home has fever checks. We're going to make sure that every person who works at a nursing home you know, has a negative test for this and gets tested every two weeks. We're going to make sure that nobody's allowed into a hospital who, you know, who has a fever. We, there are, the people who are vulnerable, you can protect. But if you spend all your time trying to frighten everybody else, you don't actually focus on... And by Alex, it's driving some marginal people over the edge. I was in a supermarket yesterday. So I didn't wear a mask. I, I sometimes remember gloves. Sometimes I don't. I wore paper. I put paper towel on my hands on the cart. Blah, blah, blah. But I didn't have a mask. So I get online now. They have one line with five checkout counters, but you have to get on one line in the vegetable department. Yep. I got on the line and a woman comes running at me with a, with a, with a scarf on. Don't you know there's a single line here? I said, yes, of course I know. Don't yell at me. Who the hell? Are you? One of those. So go ahead of me like a nutcase. So the poor guy behind her was a younger guy. And he looked at me, shook his head. He said, all I did was come out for lunch. I'm on my lunch break. And she yelled at me two minutes ago, screaming at me, where are your gloves? So it's bringing out the worst in a lot of people, Alex. It's making them nuts. That's, that's clearly true. I mean, listen, I, I'm out on a regular. First of all, my wife works a, as a psychiatrist, which is COVID patient. So, you know. Oh, wow. We're all going to get it anyway. It doesn't matter. But, but so I'm out, you know, practically every day. The, the, the fear and the tension is palpable. And people don't know how to respond to each other. Some people are wearing masks and some people are not wearing masks. <laughs> right. You know, Alex, look, you're a social, you're, you're a former reporter for the New York Times, and I wish people would introduce you in another way, like former reporter for the New York Times. I hope that's not on your on your uh, on, on your gravestone. Uh, you're you're the author of books. That's, you know, that's how I should be. All right, can you be known as author? Can't your gravestone, God forbid, a hundred years from now, say author, famous author, instead of former New York Times reporter? It'll probably say irritant to a lot of people. <laughs> okay, so you're being roundly called names now because you dared analyze the data on the COVID crisis for weeks and you come up with a different conclusion. The models you say are flawed. How are the models flawed? Well, I mean, this is not, this is not hard. The models last week in New York State, the, the main model, which was the University of Washington model. There's, so there's the, there's the Imperial College model, which we've all sort of decided to pretend doesn't exist, the 2.2 million deaths. And we're focusing on the University of Washington model. Okay, the, the model has been constantly revised. But last week, there was a number of days in which the model was projecting on that day, okay, on that day, something like 50 to 60,000 beds 
needed, hospital beds needed in New York State, and the actual number was 12 or 14,000. That is not a small error. Okay. And the other thing is the model was only released on March 26th. So we're not talking about, okay, they had to guess based on stuff that they did, you know, three months ago, and, you know, people make mistakes. This thing failed in real time. And the- Alex, the way they code deaths in England, by the way, another, yeah, that's another story. is generous in the sense, according to Professor Riccardi, that all the people who die in hospitals with the coronavirus are deemed to be dying of the coronavirus, even if they were hit by a bus and they died from the bus hitting them. If they uh, show a positive test for corona there, they said they died from corona, even if they were hit by a bus. Look, look, there's clearly aggressive coding going on, but but you don't want to overstate that. If you look at the actual death numbers in New York City and northern Italy and central Spain, there are a lot of people who died of this thing. Oh, I'm not. Listen to me. I'm not one. I'm not one of those cavalier people who say it's just a mild flu. I know what this is. It's it's knocking a lot of people out who are very healthy, but not to the extent that the whole nation needs to be imprisoned. No, that's, that's correct. Both those things can be true. This can be more dangerous than the flu. It can be, it could, it could kill 100,000 people. Okay, I, I don't, I mean, we're not, I don't think we're going to get there. That's not but possible. Alex, there's another thing. I have, I, I have someone working with me who, who's a, an act, he's worked for seven years in the insurance industry. And he said, look at what happened from the CDC's reports. The number of deaths from the flu went way down and the number of deaths from COVID went way up. According to the CDC, they've recategorized. You got, you got to be a little bit careful about that because the data is still coming in. There's a lot of there, this is very dirty data that people are putting a lot of pressure on in real time. So that's- no, no, I, I have the data as of April sixth, twenty twenty, and I, I have I have the wait. I have the morbidity and mortality reports. I have COVID nineteen deaths. Deaths from all causes, percent of expected deaths, all pneumonia deaths, deaths with pneumonia and COVID. Believe me, we did a very careful analysis. And what's odd is the number of deaths went almost to zero on on influenza and they went way up on COVID. COVID, right. No, look, here's see, the reason I don't really want to engage in this kind of conversation is to me, it's a sideshow. To me, the issue is. The lockdowns are incredibly. Well, we could talk about the lockdowns, but Alex, again, we can't overlook the fact that some of the somebody at the uh, even at the CDC can't explain why the deaths from flu went down so quickly. Right. We're speaking with we're speaking with a very important man right now, maybe important all the time to his wife and children and to his readers. Alex Berenson, uh, former New York Times reporter. Uh, we talked with him January 2019 on the on the uh, tell your children about the dangers of marijuana. And he is now very, very popular, both uh, uh, on the pro and con level, because he's saying, wait a minute now. What are you actually saying in one line, Alex? What would are you saying that we don't need a national lockdown? Uh, you know, we don't need a national lockdown. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered and raw. It is Michael Savage back with you. Uh, the former New York Times reporter, I keep referring to him that way, Alex Berenson had to leave. Uh, in the next hour, we have an even another guest, not even anything amazing. You know, here I'm on Friday and the president's speaking and you're not listening to my show at all. But I'm doing one of the best shows uh, of weeks. This is another great show. And it'll be on my podcast at the end of the uh, show. It gets posted. 
And speaking of podcasts, you can link all of them up on michaelsavage.com. That's where all my podcasts are found. Of course, they're found on Google Podcasts and all. But to stay in touch with me now and in the future, would you please bookmark michaelsavage.com and make a habit of going on that site every day? Not only to get this podcast and this show today, but in the future, if you want to keep in touch with me. So when I come back, uh, Fauci goes full Nazi immunity cards for all. I've been calling for selective quarantine for over five weeks now. I'll talk about that and a special guest. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I'm competing with President Trump, who is giving one of his famous uh, press conferences. And of course, I don't mean to compete with him, but this is the time for my show, and rather than run his press conference, which you can get everywhere... We'll continue our little, you know, discussion here about selective quarantines and uh, the new uh, Obergruppenfuhrer Fauci who wants uh, identity cards for all, whether your virus clear. Let's say you get that, you know, uh, an immunity card. What do you want to be, positive or negative? Let's see, let me see your papers before you can go into a restaurant, a card. It's right out of the, the Soviet Union uh, or out of the Nazi Germany. I don't like the weasel. I don't like Dr. I, I think, you know, I don't want to be that mean about Fauci. I think he's a terrible man, um, a, a weasel, a power mad lunatic. He screwed up the AIDS epidemic. He's screwing up the coronavirus epidemic. And yet Trump keeps him. I think I'm going to name Dr. Grouchy. I'll drop the Obergruppenfuhrer thing because that's too over the top. We'll refer to him as Dr. Grouchy from now on. Dr. Grouchy had the nerve today to say uh, the lockdowns will end when the virus ends. He knows the virus will never be gone. It's probably been around for, for forever. Meanwhile, I read in the suburbs, leaf blowers are being turned off. Thank God. What a benefit that is. I hate leaf blowers. They're the, the bane of my existence. But right now, cities, towns and villages in New York, New Jersey and elsewhere in the country have created bans or sought voluntary cuts in the use of leaf blowers. People are home. They're trying to relax. They're trying to raise, you know, do homeschooling. And here we come again with the brigades, the brigades of leaf blower people. So the municipalities are acting, and that's a benefit to me. I hate leaf blowers. They drive me nuts. But what are the other benefits of this lockdown? I say, like, what's the benefit? How do you look at the good side? Well, I'll go back to what I said from the beginning. Because I'm a philosopher as well as a talk show host, and I see a big picture here. It's actually, in some ways, don't get mad at me. It's going to end soon. The animals are happier. The earth is happier. The air is cleaner. Have you noticed that the birds are singing more brightly these days? I'm a man who actually listens to the birds. 
uh, and I actually hear their their songs are, are brighter. Or let's put it another way, their songs are more clear. Are the birds happier, or am I living in some imaginary Walt Disney fantasy? Why would the birds be happier? I'll tell you why. They're not competing right now with um, pollutants from cars. They're not competing right now with pollutants from airplanes and things of that nature. That's one of the reasons. And there's less, there's less pollution on many levels. Fewer animals are being led to the slaughter. Think about all of the cries. I don't want to get you depressed. Think of the, what, how many billion animals are killed a year so that you can have a pork chop at night. They have their throats slit in a pork processing plant. Big fat thing raised and has his throat cut, his guts cut out. Or a poor cow. Do you ever see a cow being slaughtered? I don't want to depress you. I have. And it's horrible to watch. Okay, I know we get it in the supermarket and it's not a big deal and man should eat it. Really, you don't have to. But if you want to, it's your right. After all, doesn't the Bible say you should go forth and subdue the earth? Well, the Bible's wrong. It doesn't say you should subdue the earth and kill everything in it. That's a rather modern interpretation of the Bible. I wrote for you in God, faith, and reason that that phrase in the Bible, go forth and subdue it, doesn't mean kill everything. It means take care of everything. It means be a good shepherd to the plants and to the animals, not slaughter all of them. Think of the millions of animals that are not being tortured now in China because they got the corona. Uh, the, the dogs, how many do they kill a year in China? Dog meat, could you believe this? What we do with animals here is beyond belief in the history of the world. But nevertheless, they don't care. They don't care. To them, it's just a piece of meat walking around with fur. Club it. What do they do to bears in China? How long have I been telling you about the mistreatment of animals by China? A long time. But you didn't want to hear it because you said it was racist to talk about another country like that. Well, go to hell what you think about racism already. Get it out of your stupid brain. You're like that idiot occasional cortex. Every Everything that that moron sees is through the lens of racism because she's a, a stone-hearted racist. And coming back to the coronavirus, now we're hearing that African-Americans have a higher incidence. Well, I don't know if that's true. But is it necessarily because of race? Or is it because of some other factors like underlying diseases? such as hypertension, for example, such as lung disease. Why must you say everything's got to do with race? Must you revert to that immediately like all of the maniacs on the left do? Well, if you want to do it, do it at your own risk. You want to be a fool. It's the same reason the whole nation's in prison right now. Because a few petty bureaucrats, Dr. Grouchy, the one with the scarf there, the one, oh, she's a weirdo. She wanted to close down grocery shopping for a week or two. What a maniac. You talk about a globalist. You know, Trump was supposed to drain the swamp. Well, maybe he drained the swamp. And these two bottom dwelling creatures suddenly popped up out of the bottom of the muck. Dr. Grouchy and that one Bricks whose medical license expired, whose daughter works, by the way, for Bill Gates. Oh, yeah. 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 Deep connections all around here. So these two and the others locked us all up instead of doing selective quarantines. I mean, I knew from the beginning. What did I say from the beginning of this epidemic? I said it's a very dangerous virus. It's easily transmissible. But I also said quarantine the highest at-risk communities. What, did you have to be a genius to figure out who those were? 
Are you telling me somebody living up in a country area of North Dakota is the same risk as someone living in the downtown Los Angeles? You'd be an idiot to say a thing like that. So, no, one size does not fit all. The bureaucrats made the biggest error of their lives, and they should pay for it, by the way. Some of these bureaucrats think that this newfound power of theirs will launch them to the White House like Dr. Meatball there in New York. Uh, What's his name? Meatballs and Sausages. And speaking of meatballs and sausages, I got to go to New York right now where we have a favorite caller of ours. I haven't heard from him. I was hoping he was okay. Jimmy in New York, but he has bad news for us. Jimmy... This is bad news. What happened? Someone you know died? Yes, Dr. Savage. Uh, great to hear your voice again. It's been rough. I lost my cousin, Anna Marie. She was 26 years old. Not one ounce of underlying anything. Wow. Why? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jimmy, that's bad. And you're in bad shape here. How did she get it, do you think? She, she was locked down in the house with the family. She was fine. Then all of a sudden, she started coughing and, and massive fevers. So my son was afraid to let her out to go to a hospital, feared that someone would get sick. And lo and behold, she had it. They put her right away on a ventilator. And um, it was two weeks of insanity, hoping and praying to every saint, God, Jesus, that she would... Jimmy, wait a minute. How old was this cousin of yours? Anna Marie was 26 years old. And what did she, what did she do for a living? She, was, um, she worked in the schools as a para. A paraprofessional, you know, teacher's assistant. Well, she probably picked it up in a school, right? No one knows. No one knows because she was fine. Everybody was fine until even she was on with the lockdown when they closed the schools and everything. And um, she got violently ill, and uh, we just buried her yesterday. As oh, God. And we have a friend, Ronnie, 72. He died from it. Nothing wrong with him. So from 26 to 72, it, the, the, the virus is out there. You know, you know what I'm saying? So now, wait, who was she living with? Oh, she has four sisters, four beautiful sisters, a beautiful mother and father. And they're fine. Everybody's fine. Except no. Has anyone been tested? Has, have they tested the other family members? The whole family. Everybody's 100 percent. 100 percent. So don't. she got it, died from it. Healthy young woman, no one else in the family showing signs. No one. Wow. Okay, and if you remember the Fusco family in Jersey, those were friends of the family. The mother and her four children died because. What you you knew them as well? Yes, they were family friends. What's with the Italian community? Everyone knows each other. Well, this is out in Jersey. You know where they had. Oh, that's a different family. But what about uh, the governor up there? Do you know him because he's of the Italian uh, heritage area? That look. What I what I what I want to say about him, they'll throw me off. You'll throw me off. I can't stomach him. He's worried about his mother Matilda. I'm worried about my mother. That's for a month, and she's going stir crazy. And my sister upstairs, she's going stir crazy because we can't. And that's who I miss most of all, my mother. I can't touch her. I can't kiss her. I got to drop. Oh, oh, you can't even visit her. No, not at all. And well, where, where where does she live? Near you? Right, she's like two blocks away from me. But my oh, I love, I, lo- I miss that so much. That close knit family thing I had as a boy. You still have it. And you're no boy anymore. How old are you? I'm fifty seven years old, and fifty seven. You still live with your mother, isn't that a very Fellini esque? No, I don't live with my. Mother. I'm Joe. Come on, I'm trying to lighten things up. You're suffering. I can hear it in your voice. That normal ebullient, uh, that normal ebullient self of yours, Jimmy, seems to be a little crushed, and I understand why. But you know what it is, Doc. I can't stomach this. Everybody's getting power, and this Dr. Kildare. I'm t- How about Dr. Fauci? He's Italian. You have anything to say about him? 
He had a pharmacy on 81st Street and 13th Avenue in Diker Heights, Brooklyn. Wait, wait, wait. Dr. Fauci had a pharmacy? Yes, yes. It's now called Rizzo Pharmacy. Please. Wait, wait, wait. Dr. Fauci was never a pharmacist? He worked in the... Yes, go back years ago. Believe me, I know. So right across from St. Bernadette Church, I know him. We know the pharmacy and everything. Wait a minute. He was a pharmacist before he became a scientist? A hundred percent. I mean, you got to crawl before you walk. Wait wait a minute now. He was an AIDS czar back in the 80s. How could he have been a pharmacist before then? Well, I'm going back to the 70s, Doc. He was a pharmacist before that? Yes, his family had it. Where the, where they- oh, okay. So I get it. I get it. The family pharmacy. What was it called? Fauci Pharmacy? Yeah, but no, Rizzo Pharmacy. But I call him Dr. Kildare. And- I, I, call him do- I call him Dr. What did I name him in the last hour? Doctor- Dr. Grouchy. Yeah, but I'm tired of him. I'm tired of the other. Oh, I don't, I, I'm making light of it. I don't like him. The guy is a little Martinet. Yeah. Now he wants, now he wants uh, uh, COVID cards for everyone. Are you gr- joking? Yeah, but does that go for illegals, too? Well, no, they don't want any voter ID for illegals, but they want us to carry a virus card? Like, hell, I will. Uh, uh, exactly. Like you said, in, in the stores. Go to the stores. I'm standing outside the store a half hour to get in to go buy milk. So when I do get in, it's like Russia. So when I do get in, there's nothing there. And the woman, You know, it's like I joked years ago that the difference between our system and Russia, Soviet Union, was there used to be one salami hanging in the window. Now we're down to that now under Donald Trump. Yes, I, yeah, and that's what's making me sick. But isn't this bizarre that the most highly capitalist president in American history is overseeing the introduction of a socialist America? This is what I don't understand. I love him, but I don't understand. Enough with these people and these these meetings every. Day. How about the How about the blown How about the blown budget? Who's going to pay that off? Oh, that's and, and look at what Pelosi's doing. She wants more. Well, because look, if she can't dip her beak into it, uh, that dollar doesn't get out there. That hawk got to see where she's got to go fly because we're tired of it. Do you know that both uh, Pelosi and Trump agreed on bailing out hedge funds because so many of the hedge funds are in Pelosi's district? Unbelievable. But oh, yeah. So don't think the corruption exists on only one side of the aisle here. Uh, how much is all Mitch McConnell scamming off for the for the for the, for the Kentuckians there that he represents? Right. Kentucky Mitch, as you deemed him. Right. Right. He, he, he got a lot of money for some suntan company in, in Kentucky. But, Dr. Savage, let me just say this. And then you can go out. I'll let you, go. you know what we can't take no more? Being trapped in the house. When no, no, no one could take this. I said there's going to be a rebellion. They need to start lifting this. And Cuomo should stop already with the horse crap with him and his uh, Frito there with the, the, the duet that they do every day. Oh, yeah. But Dr. Savage, once. The- what does Cuomo think? He's going to be president now. He's going to, like, realize his father's dreams. Never- Senator, Senator Corleone, uh, President Corleone, what does he think? He's going to become president from this? Never. First of all, he signed that, that, that bill to kill babies, right? right. No, he, he has a very bad track record in New York. The upstate New York people don't like him. And I think what can condemn him is when he ran against uh, uh, Mayor Koch and it said, vote for Como, not the homo. Remember that campaign? Absolutely. 100%. 100%. People don't know that out west, west of the Hudson. The campaign said, vote for Cuomo, not the homo. Look, my, my, look, it's a terrible thing on a good Friday for you. Your voice was really sad. Jimmy, but I, I don't know what to say. How did she get it? God knows. And why did she become vulnerable? Why do other people in your in your immediate family not test positive? It's a mystery to me. But people should know this is a deadly virus. 
It's not to be taken lightly. It's easily transmissible. However, having said that, there are regions of the country that are not like New York, L.A. and Seattle, and we should start opening them up selectively. Jimmy, God bless you. Sorry to hear it. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Well, good Friday to all of you devout uh, Catholics out there. It's not a laughing matter when you consider that we're all being crucified by this virus and by the petty bureaucrats around the world who have taken advantage of this virus uh, to imprison us. How's that for a full paragraph, all in one sentence? Because there's no question in my mind that these weasels who were inside the bureaucracies like Dr. Grouchy, the scarf lady, they were nothing. They were powerless, insignificant bureaucrats. They've suddenly got this power over whole populations and they're abusing it. And it's time for the president to say the buck stops here. I'm pushing them aside. I'm putting them back in the box. It's enough with them already. And I've decided to give the green light to reopen certain communities where there's almost zero evidence of this virus. We need to get America back to work again. And that's what's going to happen, whether you think I am right or wrong. I've been calling for selective quarantine for at least since the end of February. Maybe before then, I don't know the exact date. Uh, And of course, I am correct. Israel's already doing it. They're reopening parts of cities. They're opening parts of the nation. Others have high rates. Others have low rates. You don't use a one-size-fits-all approach as the governors are doing. And they're doing it because they don't want to offend the minorities in uh, in the cities where there's so many illegal aliens that if they were to say, I'm reopening parts of California, what... The immigrant rights activists, these gangsters, would say you have no right to do it. You're discriminating against us, the undocumented. That's all that's keeping them from reopening parts of the states. Trust me on that. I'm Michael Savage, and I know a lot about this. And to stay in touch with me now and in the future, one place, michaelsavage.com. Now and in the future, bookmark michaelsavage.com. Michael Savage, a host like no other. It is the uh, Savage Nation, 855-400-7282. We've had a, an amazing hour and a half so far. Uh, many of you didn't catch the show because you were busy watching the president, and I don't blame you. If you had a choice between me and him, you'd pick him. But uh, if you missed any of that first hour or so, you can catch it on michaelsavage.com. And also, it's going to be podcast, again, linking it up through michaelsavage.com. And if you want to catch the podcast, you can get it through Google where we post the shows, but to stay in touch with me now and in the future, be sure to visit michaelsavage.com and bookmark michaelsavage.com. I'm repeating it over and over again because I want you to get used to my website as the portal to all things uh, Michael Savage. Now, let's go back to the real big issue today. And he's an important man in some ways, and he's being roundly condemned by those who don't like original ideas. Uh, His name is Dr. Shiva. Ayadurite. Now, he's designated as the inventor of the email, really, an MIT graduate. He's an amazing man, highly educated, the inventor of email and polymath, holds four degrees from MIT, world-renowned system scientist, inventor and entrepreneur, Fulbright scholar. I want to go to Dr. Shiva right now. That's his first name, not his last, because he has some things to say that are being condemned as conspiratorial. He doesn't like the Gates Foundation. He doesn't like WHO. He doesn't like George Soros. I think he has the same misgivings as I do about uh, 
the weirdo, Dr. Fauci, who had the nerve today to say this epi- the lockdown will end when the virus ends, when he knows the virus will never end. They're drunk on their power. Let's see what Dr. Uh, Ayurdere has to say. Dr. Shiva Idre, welcome to the Savage Nation. Thank you for being with us. Hi, Michael. How are you? Thanks for having me. Well, you're a very controversial man, as am I. You argue that Bill Gates has his foundation and his foundation have connections to Soros and Fauci. And what is it that worries you about those connections, doctor? Well, Michael, I think if, you, if we just take a step back, it's really a, in, in, in the concerns that I have really emanate from really a philosophical difference in how we all want a society to be. Do we want a society that's based on top-down control of a few set of people running an imperial state, and all of us are essentially automatons, you know, into, uh, people with very, very minimal rights and constrained rights, or do we believe in a different model that, that power comes bottoms up, you know, decentralized, where each one of us pursue our own dreams, have a desire to connect with the best of, us, the best of ourselves, you know, through innovation and creativity and create what we believe is right for ourselves. So this is a fundamental philosophical difference. And that difference, Michael, has been going on for many, many millennia. Uh, of course. So you're talking about the difference between collectivism and individualism in, in a short version. America used to be a nation defined by individualism. But I don't see that to surviving the coronavirus. Do you? What's that? The, 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 uh, do you see the, the, the idea of the rugged individualist surviving the coronavirus? Well, that, that's what I'm saying. We're at a very, very important point in history. Where the, where the struggle for freedom and slavery has always come about, right? At one point, we were enchained. At other point, we were serfs. I mean, you go down the, the list. But here, it's a very powerful point in history, and that's why I've been so vocal about this. And, and I think the videos that I've been sharing have been going viral is because what's happened is you have a finite set of individuals, the Gates Foundation, the Chan Zuckerberg, the Hillary Clinton, uh, on one end, these so-called foundations who essentially evade taxes and take a lot of money out of you know, the public comments back to themselves. And on the other hand, you have the WHO, the CDC, and the Chinese Communist Party who actually work very closely together. They have the same agenda, which is an imperial control of people's bodies, as though they think they know better. And the, the front man for all of this is Fauci. And Yeah, I, I've been, I, look, I've watched Fauci's work going back to the AIDS epidemic, Dr. Yeah. Shiva, and I, I, know, I, know, I know he screwed up the AIDS epidemic work. He was just a, an old, he was a bureaucrat. How has he survived 40 years inside the NIH? Well, that, it's a great question, Michael. What's happened is he is representative of what kind of people actually do survive in academia. Uh, he has been around since Reagan and Bush 1, Bush 2, Obama, Clinton, and now Trump. He has survived because he epitomizes what it means to be a quote-unquote successful academic. It are administrators. These people are not scientists anymore. They're basically administrators who... Uh, have garnered their power from practicing administrative science, which is what Eisenhower warned all of us about. And Fulbright later talked about the military-industrial academic complex. And this notion of a top-down scientific establishment really uh, evolved after you know, World War II, after you know, the Manhattan Project went up, after Sputnik. And those fears were really used to consolidate power. Uh, well, now, look, you're, 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 a, you're a scientist yourself. Are you really the inventor of the email? I did. I created the first email system, and it's a good segue because email was not created by the military-industrial complex because there's been a brain, big brainwashing in America that all great innovations come from war. Where do great innovations come from? They always have come about historically from people at the edges doing hobbying, not 
with the interest of being part of you know this large conglomerate. When I created email, Michael, I was a 14-year-old kid. So that's one strike against me. I did it in Newark, another strike against me. I did it before I came to MIT and got all those degrees. And I did it at a time when um, you know innovation was uh, you, you know in, in those kind of environments was not was was not possible. But what did I create? And you may know, Michael. Anyone over the age of forty remembers the old-fashioned inner office mail system. Remember that it was like the guts of every office: the inbox, the folders, the drafts, the secretary. I don't because I wasn't in an office. I was always somewhere else. But doctor, yeah. so, so anyway, I, doctor, wait, Ayadere, you're a real critic of the same people who worry me, and they're all interconnected. Why have you not been widely received as a vocal critic who should be taken seriously by major media? Well, major media, like sort of controlled opposition type critics, right? But they don't want authentic critics. I think one of the things you're saying, the reason I'm on your show is the videos I've done are going viral all over the world. I think if you look at our followers all over media, I think they've gone up by nearly like 500, 600%. So the mainstream media, frankly, and the mainstream scientific establishment, does not, uh, fake science and fake news work very closely together. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I, this Dr. Burks war that worries me, her MD uh, expired. Fauci, of course, to me is very worrisome. Why is Trump permitting them to be the, the, the face of corona uh, um, treatment or corona intel? Why are they the face of the IQ? Well, the reason they're the face of this is because, remember, Trump went through a successful fight against the Russian collusion nonsense, a big fight against the fake impeachment. But in this situation, this is essentially they're unleashing everything against Trump. And the reality is um, Trump is not surrounded by people who understand biology or science. The entire CDC, the FDA, Burks, all these people are come from the scientific establishment. You know, Michael, they're like the old priesthood. You know, I grew up in the Indian caste system. Remember the old priesthood on top? And they tell the kings yes. what to do. They're the advisors yes. that come and the kings come and go. But these advisors are always there. No, I understand. We know that. But why is Trump falling for it? Why does he let them take such power away from the presidency? So it's a, it's a great question. You know, if you know, if you know it, I, I sent a letter to Trump uh, saying that there's a way to end this with a prudent approach to looking at immune health and economic health. I'm not sure. It's a very, very fascinating question. Um, well, here's my, here's my theory, and it may not be that uh, palatable to people who support the president, as do I. Is it possible the president is letting them out front because he knows eventually, eventually he's going to have to fire them for some failures along the way? He'll blame them. I think it's a possibility. Trump is not a Trump. Trump does play chess. He understands what's going on. What I've seen is since we've been sending him stuff, I got a very interesting uh, call from, uh, from people somewhat close to this, uh, you know, to the White House. And they were very concerned about three weeks ago. They said, you know, Dr. Shiva, we've been watching your videos. We're really concerned that, you know, the economic policy is following health policy, which is being controlled by one individual. And they referred to Fauci as Emperor Fauci. And they said, please keep doing your videos. They said the president is not listening to us. Ah, well, that's what I, why is Fauci given so much power? The man was a low grade, unknown bureaucrat in the NIH who failed during the AIDS epidemic. He's failing America now. He's absolutely drunk on his power. He represents, in my opinion, uh, of the adage of power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Why does Trump not step in and push him aside? Well, I, I, I think I think the reality is that 
he has no alternative voice in the scientific establishment, I'm probably the only one. Michael, this is what's happened. The entire scientific establishment, the academics, most academics have practiced now the oldest profession in the world. A guy like me who was fortunate to have gone to MIT, got all my credibility, Fulbright scholar, all of this, you know, my PhD in biological engineering. It's rare a guy like me makes a lot of money. Most of these academics are just sort of slaves to academia, right? Get grants, get grants, build up your egos. But it's rare a guy like me comes out as able to critique this in a very, you know, very, you know, articulate. Well, you're not, you're not alone. I've been critiquing the, the global warming or climate change scam artists. I mean, I give evidence over the years. Uh, I give Great. evidence of the Antarctic ice, you know, core studies and things like that. And it falls on deaf ears, except amongst my audience. But truthfully, uh, the scientific establishment rejects me as someone who should be listened to. Right now, for example, I am calling for selective quarantines, meaning reopen the country on a, on a county by county basis. Everyone knows that makes sense. And the only reason it's not happening is because governors like Cuomo don't, don't want to be called racist. They want a one size fits all uh, concept, close the whole state down because of the high incidence of, uh, of, of Corona in New York City, for example. Do you agree? I think it would be logical to ask you if you agree with that theory of reopening according to the incidence of the disease? Did you read the letter that I wrote to Trump, Michael? No, I'd like to see it. Where is it? Yeah, it, 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 well, it went out almost uh, three weeks ago. And in that letter, you know, I'm one of the leaders in the field of what's called personalized and precision medicine. I just gave a talk at the NSF about uh, four months ago. And what I proposed was that the entire process of medicine, medicine has moved to what's called personalized and precision medicine, one size does not fit all the right medicine for the right person at the right time. And in that, it's right up on the website. If you go to shivaforsenate.com, it's right there that pops up. Who are you running against? Wait, Shiva for Senate. You're running against who? Well, well I, you know, I, I don't know if you know, I'm running for Senate. I ran uh, several years ago against Elizabeth Warren. If you remember, we ran the whole campaign only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. Oh, that's great. You're going to run against her. That would be fabulous. That was last year. This year we're running against her junior senator, a guy called Ed Malarkey, or Ed Markey. Uh, oh, Ed, sure, Ed Malarkey, well-known. Yeah, uh, but, but in the letter, what I said was, let's take the country. We, this goal is really immune health and economic health, and you can have both if you take a systems approach. So first, let's take all the COVID-19 patients, group one, the people who are immunocompromised, group two, the people who have serious, are critically ill, and then the, the broad mass of healthy people. Who are well, what about, wait, wait there's other, there's other uh, vulnerable groups. The homeless population, I've been screaming for two months now, are the most vulnerable because they have the worst hygiene, pre-existing conditions, drug addicts, alcoholics. Why were they not immediately quarantined? There's only one answer, which is cowardice on the part of the governors and the mayors. We know that. So that kind of thing is never going to change, Dr. Shiva. They're always going to be cowardly. If you say these things about academics, which are correct, you know that politicians are levels below even academics. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I mean well, I think, I think politicians are the lawyer lobbyists who are just in there to uh, do uh, what, they're, you know, what they're told to do. They're basically puppets, right? Uh, but uh, by and large, yes, that is true. Right. We got the best government money could buy. Hold on. We're speaking with an important man, Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm trying to be as good as I can about your wonderful last name. You're an amazing individual. Have you been on on any? I know the Gateway Pundit wrote a great article about you, right? The brilliant Dr. Shiva, inventor of the email. 
and your worries about Bill Gates, Fauci, CDC and all of that. Have any of the have you been on Fox News? Uh, two years ago, I was on Fox with Jesse Waters when I ran against Warren. I was with Stuart Marney. Um, so uh, the interesting thing is, Michael, I'm not sure uh, even, even the Fox News is now, you know, Paul Ryan is on their board. Right. Let's not forget that. Uh, oh, God. A little more careful now. Right. They. Oh, wait, but you've not been on with your concerns about the coronavirus mishandling. No. It's, on any, it's, did Laura have you on Ingram? Laura had me on two years ago. but she No, no, I mean now, during the corona. Laura has not had me on. But I do know if you watch how the news is going, I'll do a, a video, and the next day people will be taking content from that video and pursuing that. But Laura should have me on. All these people should be... Ha- 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 yeah, well, they won't have me on, and that's for reasons I know are political. And I think you've now been given the scarlet letter as well, Doctor. I'll be right back on this important topic <laughs> on the Savage Nation. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. All right, we're wrapping up with Dr. Shiva, who's going to have the last word, then I'll close the show. Dr. Shiva, give us your last words on The Savage Nation, please. Yes, Michael, thanks. I think two points I want to make, Michael, on the coronavirus. I think the most important thing people need to understand from a scientific perspective is it's not the virus or the bacteria that attacks and hurts us. It's, an, oh, it's, a, it's a weakened and dysfunctional immune system. When, when you look at the preponderance of people are getting us and being hurt, it's a weakened and dysfunctional immune system, which means you're... Boy, why do you say the virus and bacteria? Which bacterium? I'm talking, about, I'm talking about in general, virus, bacteria, fungi. I get Okay, any microbe that gets us usually gets us because of a weakened immune system. Got it. It's a weakened immune system and your body overreacts. Uh, this is not being even in the national discourse, because if we got to that, we would understand that the right approach here is to partition people. You take those people who are compromised, you protect them, beef up their immune system, the people who are critical, you put them on IV vitamin C, and the rest of us should be back to work. And if any protection, you know, the vitamin D, the vitamin A, and we can get into that, which I put in the Doctor Dr. Shiva, we have to have you back next week. I hope you can come back. How do people watch your videos? Uh, they can go to Shiva, S-H-I-V-A, for Senate.com. Help us uh, get on the ballot. They can also go to truthfreedomhealth.com, and we have all the videos there. But well, I love it. I love it. Shiva for Senate.com. Thanks for being with us. People asked me to have you on on, on Twitter, and here you are. Uh, Dr. Shiva, it's been great having a very intelligent, high IQ, highly accomplished individual such as yourself on the show. Thank you very much. Well, that wraps up the show for this Friday. I hope you've enjoyed it. To stay with me uh, on this show, on podcasts, now and in the future, please visit michaelsavage.com. But all important, bookmark michaelsavage.com to stay in touch with me and also to get the show, to get the podcast. You link right up on that page. That's the one landing place where you can always find all things Michael Savage. Thanks for being with us. Back on Monday with God's will and your listenership. God bless you on Good Friday. Westwood One Podcast Network.